0: We're going to have illustrations, and you notice I'm preaching first, but we're going to continue the sermon hearing live stories about what God's doing in people's lives, so we're excited about that, but I kind of want to set the stage. Now, remember, by the way, we're in the book of Colossians. You can turn to Colossians 1 if you like. Last week, you remember, we started and focused on I thank my God. I'd be curious to see what your next steps were from last week. And did you actually initiate them this week? Did you practice some thankful things that you know you needed to? We're going to start with a prayer. Um, It's called, for lack of better words, Good Morning, Father. Okay? We're going to recite this together, but let me give you a little background. I happen to know the person who penned these words. And he penned them. Think about in your life, think about one of the darkest, most deep, most abysmal place as you've ever been. And this is the journey that this man took. And during that season, which lasted many months, in fact, many years, he wrote this prayer. Every morning he prayed it to keep his eyes where it needed to be. You'll read the prayer and say, wow, it sounds pretty positive. Well, he needed that focus every morning. So this is how he chose to be thankful to his God every morning in the midst of some really dark, dark, dark times. So let's read this together. Let's pray. Good morning, Father. Thank you for the opportunity to serve you. I offer up to you all my prayers, works, joys, and sufferings to be united with those of my Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, for the purpose of building your kingdom. Father, enlighten my heart and my mind with your truth, set them ablaze in your love so that I may be a blessing to others this day. Please open my eyes to see you at work in my life, open my ears to hear your voice, and open my heart so that I may so do your will this day and all the days of my life. Lord Jesus, I invite you to live in me, through me, and with me this day. Holy Spirit, please light our path. Father, join with us on this great adventure which you created me for. I pray this in the name of my Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. If we're going to choose to be thankful, there's days that we need to get up and pray prayers. And it's why we pray written prayers, because when our spirit and our emotions are so down and twisted, when our minds are so clouded, it's good to take something positive like this and pray it this way. I heard. Did you hear? We heard. I had a phone call this week, and the phone call started out, and this was the opening line. We heard. Okay, now hang on to that phrase. Because whenever someone says we heard, you know what you're about to hear isn't very good, is it? I've been amazed at how information seems to navigate our information pipelines. And, And the kind of information and the content I hear people use the word, this is confidential. You know what that means? It really means I have full confidence that you will tell someone else. And I'm resolved from any liability because I said it's confidential. Now, I also don't know when you try to communicate something positive, it doesn't seem to go anywhere. (laughs) And people say things like, well, I didn't know about that. Why didn't I know about it? Well, you didn't communicate very well. So we're going to talk this morning about we heard. Look at Colossians chapter 1, verse 4 and 5. Now again, remember last week, we always thank God, the Father, our Lord Jesus Christ, when we pray for you. And then note what Paul says here. Since we heard, and what did he hear? By the way, when you hear things, you choose what to hear, but you also choose what to say. Since we heard of your faith in Christ Jesus, you're going to be hearing some of that this morning, and the love that you have for all the saints, you know, I'm curious this morning, if I give you an option, if I give you three choices, what would you choose? I'm a sinner, I'm a son or daughter of Jesus, or I'm a saint. What would you, you can only choose just one. Which one would you choose? Very few people choose I'm a saint because they don't feel like a saint. They don't act like a saint. They don't think they're a saint. But you know, a saint is a set apart one. And if you're in Christ Jesus, you're set apart for his glory. Amen? Because of the hope laid up for you in in heaven. Of this you have heard before in the word of truth, the gospel. Now, what Paul chooses to talk about is the gospel. And let me use another phrase with that that maybe will help us understand. What Paul chose and chose to gossip about was the gospel. In our culture, the rumor mill is never about the gospel, is it? It's about our Analyzing our culture and it's so pervasive in our conversations, our news, our entertainment, our social media has taken gossip to a whole new level. That gossip's one of the most divisive undercurrents impacting our churches and society as a whole. When I deal with businesses, one of the key things the leaders ask me about is how do we curtail the gossip in the workplace? I came across this definition of gossip. Gossip has been defined as the unnecessary dispersion of negative innuendo for the pleasure of a few and the detriment of many. You read that and you're like, wow. Healthy followers of Jesus do not participate in that kind of gossip. Healthy followers of Jesus do not tolerate that kind of gossip from others. By the way, that was Anna May Anna. That was you amening, right? That's right. If you want to make a difference, as we looked in James, when we studied James, you have to harness the power of the tongue for God's glory in his kingdom. But here's what Paul gossiped about. And it's a great outline for us as believers to gossip about. And you can gossip about a lot of people's lives this morning because you're going to see nine testimonies about people who decided to follow Jesus. First thing was about faith in Jesus Christ. Let's talk about faith for a moment. Baptism is part of our morning, and you're going to hear stories. These stories are very personal, and these stories are a snapshot of their larger story. You have to respect and honor that. They cannot tell you everything because we would be here till next Wednesday. And so, in the best way, they're going to communicate many different things, and people communicate differently. See, baptism is about the expression of the object of faith, not the degree of faith. So they put their faith in Jesus Christ, they get baptized. It makes baptism part of their story. And every single one of these persons this morning is at a different level of faith. But let's remember, Scripture is quite clear. If our faith is the size of a mustard seed, what did it tell us? You're going to say to this mountain, move and it will move. Which means all the mountains in our lives, all the destructive things that we put in. It means that any level of faith, God is and will do incredible things. Amen? So Paul decided to gossip about faith in Christ Jesus. And there's plenty of stories that we can gossip about. Secondly, He gossiped about the love they had for each other. In our Bibles, in Scripture, there's five different words for love. We talked about that in our marriage class last week. In the English, there's just one. But the one I want to focus on this morning is the one that defines us. Here's the context before I read this Scripture. Jesus is washing their feet because nobody else decided to wash their feet. Imagine that. The King of Kings, the Lord of Lords, getting down, washing their feet. We often call it the Last Supper. Now, when you piece all the stories together, you realize that while he is doing this, what are the 12 discussing? What are they gossiping about? They're gossiping about who's going to be on the left or the right. Who's going to have the most powerful positions in the kingdom when Jesus takes over? Then after he's finished, he says, listen, you 12, one of you are going to betray me. And he calls that person out right in front of the 12. He says, listen, the person I give this piece of bread to is going to be the one who betrays me. He gives it to Judas, and he says, go and do what is in your heart. And in the one translation, it says Satan entered his heart. That does not mean he was possessed. But when we reject God's truth, here's what this means. When we take the authority of Christ out of our lives, we allow Satan to influence us and we end up selling out Jesus. There's a book called The Bait of Satan, and it's all about the sin of offense and how we carry things in our hearts we should not, and there's unintended consequences that follow, like the 12. Their hearts were all about who's going to get the power. They were even blind to what Jesus did to Judas, even though he was quite clear, saying, listen, he's going to betray me. Here, I illustrate it. Go and do what you have to do. And it says the disciples thought He was going to go out and give money to the poor or something. He was the treasure. When we allow Satan to influence us, we have any kind of, well, we lack self-awareness. And we're so convinced we're right, we cannot see the damage we are doing to ourselves and to other people around us. So that context, here's what we read, John 13. A new commandment I give to you, that you love one another... That's this agape love, just as I have loved you. You also are to love one another. By this, all people will know that you're my disciples, if you have love for one another. That's the defining mark. Sometimes agape is translated charity because it's about choices, not emotions. It's why Jesus says, agape your enemies, love your enemies, pray for those who seek to harm you. And this kind of love is only possible when we're filled with God's spirit, and it's only possible in community. You can't pull this off by yourself. If you try, you will fail miserably. Now, the third thing that Paul decides to gossip about is the hope they have. It's the source of that hope. And that source is found in the gospel. It's found in truth. And the emphasis he has here is future hope. Because they lived in a time where people were persecuted. They lived in a time where they didn't know where they'd wake up and have food. They lived in a time where... They didn't know if they were going to die that day for their faith. So he says, during those times when evil surrounds us, you have to look ahead. You have to see the beauty of all the creation being restored someday. You have to see the beauty of all humanity being restored someday. You have to see that someday we're all going to be free from sin. Its effects influences. We're going to be free from our thoughts, from our memories. There's a song that maybe some of you know. It's written by Jeremy Camp. I'll put the words on the screen. It's called There Will Be a Day. Here's how the song goes. I'm not gonna sing it. You would not want that. You would not remember the words. You only remember how bad I was. He says, I try to hold I try to hold on to this world with everything I have. But I feel the weight of what it brings and the hurt that tries to grab. The many trials that seem to never end. His word declares this truth that we will enter into this rest with wonders anew. But I hold on to this hope and the promise that he brings that there will be a place with no more suffering. There will be a day with no more tears, no more pain and no more fears. There'll be a day when the burdens of this place will be no more. And we'll see Jesus face to face. But until that day, we hold on to you always. I know the journey seems so long. You feel you're, you're walking on your own, but there has never been a step where you've walked out all alone. You know, Satan's called the father of lies, and he tries to convince you of something other than this. Now, you may recognize this trilogy that Paul decides to gossip. It's found in 1 Corinthians 13, verse 13. So now faith, hope, and love abide, these three, and nothing else will stand. But the greatest of these is love. Now realize that Paul's writing to a church that's part of a movement. And as far as we know, there was no polity, no governance in place. It started with 120 people in an upper room. And they moved into a future with courage. And 300 years later, This movement grew to six to seven million people. That's a 40% growth every decade in the midst of persecution. And what was the sales pitch Jesus gave? I mean, this is what he said. You will be my witnesses. That's the sales pitch. That's it. You're going to be living representatives of who I am to a world that so desperately needs what I have. I'm not going to tell you, I long for GBC to be a place like that in spite of our quirks, in spite of our personalities, in spite, it's a nice way of saying in spite of us. (laughs) I want us to become a place where we talk about our faith on visible display is our love and we live out our hope that we have in Jesus Christ. I expected to hear amen on that one, okay? Now let me talk about what we're going to see in a moment here. It's a visible illustration of these three things. We're going to gossip about their faith and about their hope and about their love. We have nine people declaring their loyalty. The object of their faith is Jesus. That's what baptism is about. And, and to people that are unfamiliar with baptism, it's a declaration that I've decided to follow Jesus. And you're going to hear stories. Again, they're very short and condensed. You need to understand that when they get in those waters, they're scared. You might say of who? Of you. It is frightening to stand in front of a group of people, and one just shared this morning. He said, so we have to get in front of everybody in this. Yes, everybody. It says, don't worry. The lights will blind you. You won't see them. But they know you're there. Um, but this is celebration, okay? And here's the rules. The rules are, number one, you listen. You don't fill in the blanks and then gossip about what you didn't hear when you leave. You just listen and appreciate their stories in the best way they can communicate it. Number two, you're allowed to cry. Don't have to, but if you want to, that's fine. Three, however, you're expected to cheer. Okay. I might add very loudly. Okay, this is just a mild form. Afterwards, we want you to encourage them. After they get baptized, they're going to come out here and you can come down front and greet them. But think about this. We're going to practice, we always thank our God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, when we pray. So, what you're going to do this morning is you're going to thank God for these people and you're going to pray for them. Okay? Shake your head yes, do something so I know you're tracking with me. I'm going to invite the worship team, Gump. And I'm going to have, I think, one song get changed. (laughs) But I'm going to pray. Uh, And after I pray, we're all going to go back here, okay? And we'll see how I can do a change, quick change for whatever it is. Let's pray. Father, we're blessed by your love. Teach us to love as you love us. We're blessed by the hope you give us. Help us to live out that hope so people ask us about the hope that's in us. Lord, increase our faith. And we pray for those who are about to enter into the waters of baptism. Give them the words to express what's in their hearts. We ask that they sense your presence and your love. And we pray these things in your holy name. And everyone said, Amen. Okay, guys.